I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Hey, hey, good morning. Uh, going well. What about you? Doing good and uh, looking forward to this, uh, this podcast episode. I think we have a lot of fun things to talk about. Yep. And you just told me we're approaching episode 100 soon. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is pretty <laughs> crazy. That's, that's a lot of episodes. Um, so yeah, we're going to have to do something special for that. And uh, you guys, all you listeners, yeah, def- definitely stay on the lookout because we're going to have something, something special, even though we don't know what it is yet. <laughs> oh, so now you're putting on the pressure and we have no idea. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just setting us up for uh, failure, I guess. <laughs> Everybody's going to be it's so gotta disappointed. Be good yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we talking um, about today? Yeah. So we kind of have three things on the agenda. We have a listener question. So we're going to play that and kind of answer that question. And then in the middle, we're going to be talking about the different ways to kind of fund your business, uh, you know, different ways to bootstrap, different ways to maybe raise some money and talk about our thoughts around that. There's just been... Yeah, some people talking about that on Twitter and stuff, and we thought it was kind of an interesting topic. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit. And then lastly, we'll go into some updates for each of us, what we've been up to. So yeah, that's that's the plan. Yep, let's go. <laughs> All right, so let's start out with this question. This is a question from Rami, um, who's a listener. He's, he's an awesome guy. And uh, so I'll just play it now. Hey, Ben and Noah. I've really been enjoying the podcast recently, and I've got a quick question for you, Ben. So you've both spoken about how if you pick a product in a growing category, it can make everything else a lot easier as you try to grow the business. It seems like you've experienced that recently with the Tailwind articles you've been writing. They seem to be getting a lot of traction fairly easily uh, without much, much marketing from your side. So yeah, I've just been wondering if you've been considering kind of doubling down on that growing wave and building more Tailwind-related products, such as UI kits or themes or any other related products you can think of. Uh, I look forward to hearing your answer in a future episode, if you can get around to it. And thank you both for continuing to share your journey. It's been really fun to follow along. Okay. Rami, thank you for the question. Um, Rami is using his own tool to ask this question, actually, called memo.fm. So... If you're a podcaster, definitely check that out. A cool way to get some some uh, questions for your podcast. And uh, if you guys want to ask us any other questions, please please do. We'll have a link in the, the show notes. Uh, I just think it's a fun way to, to be able to interact with uh, you guys and um, be able to get some other thoughts. Um, I mean, you could even share thoughts about kind of what we've been talking about and then we could kind of go back and forth on it which could be cool because we could start to have a little a little bit of conversation with uh, people on the podcast so yeah definitely uh ask some questions uh but uh ben it looks like this question is mostly for you so what do you think yeah it's a pretty good question actually <laughs> um it is it is a tough one also because when uh, I, I think when all around like when the Tailwind articles and also the other ones like there were two others that got a lot of traction actually uh, when they got that traction um, I de- it definitely got me thinking like hey should you maybe just focus more on all around altogether like you know put put true fans on the back burner again <laughs> write more articles double down on that 
And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it did get picked up by Google at some point and got put into that, uh, I, I don't even know, like a recommended articles section. Um, and it, it, it totaled mm-hmm. around 20K uniques one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty insane. And one um, in one day? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. And yeah, those Tailwind articles got shared around a lot. I, I did post them on on Reddit. I think I, I mentioned that on the show. It didn't really go well at all. Like it didn't get posted because uh, somebody removed it immediately. Yeah. But then somebody else shared it and it got a bunch of upvotes there <laughs> like two weeks later. So in, in general, I think the Tailwind content did really, really well. Um, and it definitely got me thinking like, hey, should you double down on that? Maybe make a little course around that. Like that's what my thinking was. I don't think I would necessarily go and build a whole product around it, mainly because I don't think it's super interesting for me to, to build that. Like I, I'd probably just get bored building those components, but I do know that somebody else, I think Danny Postma who previously built, uh, I think Headlime uh, is what his previous product was called. I think he's actually building something like that, like a component library uh, specifically for Tailwind. Now you can basically just go ahead and like buy one component for a couple bucks. Um, yeah, so I, yeah I, I saw that. And uh, I think he just launched that in Product Hunt and it seemed to do pretty well, seemed to have a pretty good response. Hmm. So um, I feel like that that could work though. Like, like you're saying, like people are looking for things like that. Absolutely. Um, which is, which and cool. I, I think what we're seeing there is actually a wave that has been there before with Bootstrap and a bunch of, you know, like theme marketplaces that popped up selling Bootstrap themes. Um, you know, that I think people made a lot of money off of those. And yeah, I mean, Tailwind is kind of mm-hmm. the second wave of, you know, like style system replacing Bootstrap in a way or competing with it, maybe not replacing it. Um, and yeah, I, I do think like there is an opportunity to, to, to jump on that. Uh, it, it's just probably not for me because it's I, I don't feel drawn to it. Like I don't feel <laughs> like I would enjoy that over the long run. But yeah, yeah I, in general, like the traction did get me thinking a lot if if I should you know focus on it more, even if it's just you know related to the content because that's also interesting to see like the new hot dev tools getting all the attention uh, all the time, and you can mm-hmm. actually see it come and go there as well. Like. Uh, you know, it, it was React at the time and Vue.js and Svelte, SvelteKit uh, and all the new stuff that gets released <laughs> all the time. And if you if you just jump on those and write articles around that or even produce products around them, I think you you will hit some, some traction. Yeah, I do think that is a pretty good idea, Rami, uh, to just like what what are people talking about right now um because if you build something in that space like there's more like you know most likely people will be talking about that too like i feel like that's kind of what happened with potion a little bit because there's a lot of people already talking about notion and so that's kind of the same thing like it was kind of a hot area um because yeah i mean i, I just distribution is like one of the hardest things like i think that's one of the pro- hardest things to figure out for your business and so any any things you can do to leverage you know, a market or what's being talked about or something that's uh, different ways to just get people to see what you're doing. Um, I think that you should go for those things maybe. Um, and, and like you're saying, like if it makes sense with what you want to do and what you care about. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Rami, for that question. And uh, yeah, feel free everyone to, to, to ask some more questions, we'll, we'll try to answer them throughout the podcast as, as we go.
Um, okay, so the second kind of topic we thought would be interesting, uh, just because of some of the podcasts and things people have been talking about recently on Twitter, and I think Justin Jackson kind of started a lot of this, um, kind of like just talking about going for like uh, venture uh, backing or like bootstrapping. And then it was making me think like there's a lot of different ways to kind of fund building your business. And I think it would be interesting to talk about those. Uh, but it was it was very interesting as well, seeing some of the, the drama <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> which um, Justin, I think, does a great job with this. Like he, he, he asked the questions. I think he was asking Spencer from Podia um, and, and then they ended up having a podcast about it. Um, just because Spencer at Podia, they, they, I think bootstrapped for, he's bootstrapped for like six years. And then he then eventually went and raised money, um, from VC. And so they were just kind of, you know, talking back and forth about the different sides. And, um, in the past, like bootstrappers have always been kind of negative or down on venture capital. And, um, and that was one of the things that Spencer didn't like is like, why, why are we, why do we have this culture that's like that or about that? Um, and just kind of being down on like, oh, all venture capitalists are bad or evil or whatever. And, um, so yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then, um, on the Indie Hackers podcast, um, you guys should definitely go listen to these podcasts. We'll put them in the, the show notes. They're really good. Um, Corton Allen from Indie Hackers talked to Michael Sable from Y Combinator. So, you know, another kind of like, you know, Michael's <clears throat> not necessarily a venture capitalist, but he's, you know, he's kind of at the, the, the center, you know, Y Combinator's at the center of all the startups and kind of where, where, where startups get started with finding investing and things like that. And so they're bringing him into Indie Hackers, which obviously Indie Hackers isn't um, in that way. So they had a really in interesting conversation around that as well. Um, and just how like raising money and stuff affects entrepreneurs. And so anyways, I think it's really interesting. And um, so we're gonna talk a little bit about just the different options and our thoughts about them. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll start Ben with so obviously you can bootstrap and, and that's an option, but I think there's like, there's different ways I've seen bootstrappers do it. So like one could be, you know, you basically build as a side project and you build your business up on the side while you have a job. Um, another option could be you just quit your job right away because you have saved up enough money from your you know day jobs that then you can eventually just basically take a kind of a, a swing at it quit your job and just go all for your business but you're funding it all yourself um, so those are two options um, and and you can pipe in and add more options as as you think of them um, I'm trying to think at maybe another option could be you could kind of and this is I think what a, a lot of people do is do some kind of consulting just because then you have more, I guess, control with your time. So you can kind of um, work less on the consulting to yeah. have more time yeah. on your your business. And so then you're, you're kind of doing like the part-time thing, but you could actually have like a part-time job as well and then a part-time business. So you're kind of doing half and half. Like that's a good way that a lot of people do it. Um, what else am I missing? I think that's mostly it, unless you want to take money. 
That's true. You could take money. Um, I mean, the, I guess kind of similar to those is like you're basically the goal is to work on your business till it, it kind of pays for itself. And then you go on on doing the business full time. And I feel like I've seen some like bootstrappers that they will still kind of hold on to their day job for a while, basically until their business like equals the income from their day job. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's like, that's kind of a long, a long, a long road. Like you're, you're doing both things for quite a while to get to that point. I mean, I know like, uh, um, yeah, just seen multiple different, uh, bootstrappers do that so I guess my thoughts about some of those options so far is I'm so I'm the kind of person that it's hard for me to focus on more than one thing um, but I think that's that is a really good way to just make things stable like if you have income coming in on the side you know I guess as your main thing um, the stability that that gives you to just kind of keep pursuing your side business I think is pretty pretty awesome um, because I think if you if you just go all out on your your business before it's ready that puts a ton of pressure and stress on it and I think that makes you make bad decisions like you're gonna start making decisions to just try to like get a little bit of money and and almost like you're you're trying to make decisions to make things happen right away where you know sometimes things make time take time and the smarter decision could be for building something that's going to be even better down the road kind of like delayed gratification or something <laughs> what, what do you think about that yeah pr pretty much agree um i i i get why you would want to you know jump into building just the business and not have something else that takes away your headspace, but may, may also provide some money um, because yeah, then you can just focus on it. Uh, it, it changes stuff. Definitely, it definitely changes a lot of stuff like in, in your daily uh, life, how you can approach it, what what you can get done in, in a certain time frame. Um, mm -hmm. But as you just said, it, it also influences how you think because you have a limited runway probably. Um, so yeah, I, I do think like the third option that you mentioned before, like, you know, working on the side. So you basically have like unlimited runway <laughs> in, a, in a sense. Um, yeah, that's a pretty smart way. And I do think most people do it in contracting instead of like, you know, just just half the time at a full time job, because it's even more flexible. Uh, you, you get to uh, reduce or increase the hours you put in, you get to set the prices. Um, that you want so it's it's easier to make that work uh with with building a project on the side yeah i think on the flip people would say well if you're not ever like completely focusing and putting enough investment and time into your business like maybe you'll never it will never work out you know like that you really have to like building this business thing is really difficult right so if like it's gonna take a lot of effort and time to get it to that point, and so I think that's what the 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 opposite side would kind of argue is that like you you need to kind of go all in, and even just the pressure of going all in is maybe for some people, and maybe that's where this is like a preference thing slash like personality thing where they need that 
kind of that jump, that dive in to really make them be successful at it and do a good job at building their business. Um, so yeah, the, I think those are kind of maybe the different sides people would. I, yeah, I would think come it also it comes down a lot to the context that you're living in. Like if you have four or five kids, you gotta provide for them. If you have a mortgage or whatever. Eh, yeah, you're probably true. not risking that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, let's see. So okay. So then some other options, and I think that that's why maybe this kind of. I mean, this argument and of you know bootstrap reverse venture capital has been around for forever i feel like and maybe why it's coming up more right now is because i feel like things are starting to blend a little bit like there's now starting to be investors that are a little bit in the middle and they um so yeah it's almost like a new conversation a little bit like oh is it is uh is investing for bootstrappers at least it's like oh is uh getting investment venture capital is it still bad or you know has it changed to where <laughs> it's okay and um you know just the different funds like tiny seed and calm company fund um things like that where they're kind of set up differently and and set up for more for bootstrappers um so i can see kind of why people are, are talking about this talking about this again um but I think one of the things that stuck out to me in the the podcast, the Indie Hackers podcast um, with Michael Sable, because um, Michael had kind of this segment where basically he pushed back on Cortland and said, like, you know, if if you're a founder and you're kind of like complaining that, oh, this, you know, my investors made me do this, then he was kind of saying, like, you're you're not taking control of your business and what you're doing like you're kind of being a weak founder and that <laughs> you're just letting someone tell you what to do or it's like the the investors can't actually they don't actually own the business or control you like you still make the decisions and so that was kind of his kind of saying of like why are we complaining about this like we just need to to make the <laughs> we just need to to make the decisions that we know are best for our business and so I don't know that that was some a very interesting thought. What did what do you think about that? I think you saw you probably saw some of that on Twitter too. Yeah, I so I didn't listen to the to the episodes yet. I just read up on on the whole thing. Um, yeah, it it's it's interesting. I I kind of agree that it's like a lot of the responsibility I see on the founders actually, um, because you're you like you're you're taking the money. You gotta watch out for alignment with your investors. And it's not charity, of course, mm-hmm. there are strings attached. So, you know, like you, you kind of have to know upfront what you're getting into. Um, I Yeah, I mean, J- Justin Jackson had good points saying that there is a certain power dynamic. Like, of course there is. You're taking money, there are strings attached. You now owe somebody money. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you do that, like in a back alley, <laughs> it's, not, it's not really like that. But, you know, if you take money from shady people... <laughs> <laughs> you kind of yeah. you kind of get put under pressure. Um, <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's not really like that, as as I just said. And yeah, may, maybe it is like that because if you're the founder, you kind of get to choose: do I take money from somebody in some back alley, or <laughs> or do I look out for somebody who's actually aligned with uh, what I'm trying to do here, and you know who gives me good terms, and that's on you to negotiate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I know, so I think that's what Justin talked a lot about was the power dynamic where, like, you know, these investors, they have the power, 
uh, I guess more like socially because kind of what was pointed out is, you know, it depends, I guess, at what stage the company is, but usually like early stage and stuff like the, the founder still has the percentage own it ownership of the company. But just kind of the idea that, you know, these are VCs, they kind of have been around in the game for a while. They know a lot of people in the networking. So just kind of like the power dynamic that maybe comes with that um, is maybe what kind of can force entrepreneurs to maybe do things they don't want. But I was thinking, I think maybe that could be true. I don't know. Um, It probably depends situation to situation. But I think more so it's just the idea. It's I think most of the pressure is just the idea that, okay, now that I'm raising money, I have to go this other route. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of just the expectation with with venture capital is now I have to 10x this. And so I think just that idea in itself for me would be the pressure to like, all right, now I have to run my business a different way. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the investor telling me what to do or anything like that. It's more just like, this is the expectation now that this company is now has to grow at this multiple. And that, I feel like that makes you do other things. Like you're kind of taking the option off the table to like, just be a solo entrepreneur or do just a small scale business that you could do if you're bootstrapping. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting because it fe- it feels like like that's the old way of looking at VC where you basically had to 10x or whatever, uh, or otherwise it's like a failed startup in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but that like I think that's why Tiny Seed and all those in between funds like emerged, right? So the alignment is actually there for folks not trying to build a moonshot company. Right. Yeah, I think. Even with like, if I did take money from Calm Capital or Tiny Seed or something like that, I think it would still change my optionality a little bit. Basically in that the amount of money I, I, I bring in, I'll at least have to try to like double, double that, uh, uh, double the valuation or something like that. Um, like I, it, it takes the optionality to kind of just keep this business as a side business where I, I sell it like I did support man, where I just, you know, sell it for something a hundred K or something under that. And for me, that's kind of like a nice little win. Um, but that isn't good enough for them. So it, it does kind of raise the stakes a little bit. Um, it just doesn't raise it near as high as like, a you know, VC or, um, investment like that would. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so I, that's, I've been that's true. That's thinking, true. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that. Like, in, in some ways, and, and I think that's why indie hackers like doing this business thing. Is it? It is kind of almost like a hobby. It's kind of the side business, kind of fun thing. Um, and in some ways, I feel like that's what motivates me too. Like, it's fun to work on potion. That's why I work on it a lot. Um, and I'm, I don't, I'm just, I don't want to, if I go full time on it, like I'm guessing it will become a little more serious. Like it'll be like, okay, this is actually a business now. <laughs> or, or if I take some funding from Calm. Um, and I think that that's, you know, there's a, that pressure is good. Um, <laughs> I just don't want it to not become like, I, I still want it to be fun, basically. Yeah, it's, um. a, it's interesting that you say it that way because you could literally like look at how much pressure will I get from doing that. Like if you take money from some back alley investor, let's just call, let's just call, it, call it that, you, you're, you're like, you're having a gun pointed to your head, basically. <laughs> like that's a lot of pressure, not much fun. 
Um, and and then if yep. you if you don't take any funding at all, it's like all fun. Like there's no gun at all. You don't have to do anything. But that also might mean like you slack a little bit, and it's just fun. Yeah, or it doesn't make much money. Yeah, exactly. And then there's like calm capital and all this stuff in between, which is like you know they're not pulling a gun on you, but you still should like pay back the money at some point. Right, right. Like you would feel bad if you didn't um, pay back the money because yeah. that's you know you want you want to do well for your investors. Um, I think it, and, and I wonder, just hearing how Michael talked, it sounds almost like entrepreneurs put this pressure on themselves a little bit, kind of like what we're talking about, where you know, especially for Y Combinator, it's like, they're going to do okay. They're, they're investing in like 1200 startups a year now. Like they're pretty big and I don't know what the numbers have to work out, but they, they just need a few of those to become unicorns (laughs) and uh, the rest of them could fail and they'd probably be happy and fine with that. Um, So maybe, maybe us as entrepreneurs are, are putting the pressure on ourselves to make us think we have to basically to make us not enjoy our our business or something i I don't know (laughs) yeah i think it's a good idea to think about think about all that before you apply to yc right because you kind of know what you're getting into and you know that there will be a lot of pressure and so yeah i kind of agree with that it's on you as the as the founder to you know pick which way you're going right yeah and i think that's what he said as well it's like this is the founder's choice and and now probably more than ever like it's it's a pretty good like the founders do have a lot of leverage nowadays like a lot of investors are just trying to get at the table with these founders and the founders kind of have a lot of control and say and and how they do this whole funding thing um and there's a lot of opportunity probably more than ever just because there's so much money just out there for for people to get so it is it's definitely something that i think the the founders can kind of have a little bit of uh, have control of and say um, it's just kind of once you choose your roadmap kind of the direction you're going to go you're kind of on that path at that point like it is kind of I think that's the thing I like the most about with bootstrapping is if for some reason and you're down the road you never know like maybe something happens in your life and you just completely change your mind about your business like maybe you're like i don't really want to do this anymore or uh this isn't fun anymore i have this other thing i want to do or something like that like you can actually shift gears and change your business completely or or sell it for something smaller or do something to be able to change where once you kind of go down the the vc route or something like that it's kind of like um you have one path to make it work otherwise it it's not really going to work yeah yeah that's yeah agree (laughs) yep um let's see any anything else to talk about in with that uh yeah, I, I think one thing that people always tend to forget when they talk about alignment with their with their investors or you know thinking about should I take money or not is also looking at the business itself and the customers like there has to be some kind of alignment when you take that money like does it actually benefit the customers of that whatever you're building right like does it make sense to yeah. take the money in in that sense like are there customers what what do I do with the money to improve their lives yeah. if you know if i take the money and yeah it, it kind yeah, of never gets true. talked about <laughs> but that's kind of sad actually because yeah you're also building it for like not just for the vcs not just for yourself or for the money but also for the folks that are using the product so yeah 
Yeah, that's true. And and some markets like you kind of to to grow your business big enough to be valuable enough for your customers or to even give value to your customers, it's like raising money is the only way you can do that in some cases. Um, so yeah, cause yeah, I think it really does depend on your idea and the market of like, does this, does this make sense for, for your business? Um, cause some, you know, decent amount of startups, well, especially like the networking kind of ones, social media kind of ones, like the value comes at scale when there's a lot of people using it. And that is kind of when the value uh, is there. And so you have to build up to that size and to do it quickly, like usually money is kind of the the best way to do that. Um, yep. Yeah, I, that's a good, I, that's, that's a good thought though. Like think about the the customers as well, like what makes sense so that you can bring the most value value to them. Uh, okay, well, yeah, it'd be interesting if uh, we could continue this conversation. I'm sure some people have thoughts about it because I feel like everyone has thoughts about this. Um, so yeah, reach out to us if you dislike something we said Uh-oh. and wanna argue with us. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, let's go into the last part of this episode um how's it how's it going what's uh some updates and things you've been working on recently oh that's that's gonna be a quick run (laughs) i had a pretty stressful week i didn't didn't really get anything done on the product which is yeah it's a little sad but i I barely had like two hours all week to do whatever and i didn't really want to spend it with like in front of a computer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have some updates though on my little journey of going independent. I think it's kind of kind of interesting, hopefully, <laughs> to hear how that's going as well. Because yeah. for me, it's yeah, like sure. definitely one of the biggest things happening this this whole year, uh, like quitting the day job. And that finally happened. So um, I finally uh, signed this, uh, what's it called? Uh, contract or something yeah cancellation agreement or whatever you call it if you like the contract is revoked with my employer basically (laughs) um and yeah it's it's kind of sad because it didn't really turn out the way i wanted it to um so we before talked about that like a month or two in advance and the way i described it to them is that i will take lower pay um for like a retainer contract which means i get like 8 or 16 hours guaranteed pay at a lower rate than i would usually take and i thought at the time i thought it makes sense for both of us because i know they have a lot of work to do because before i was working there for three days a week and now it would be like one or two days so definitely you know like not costing them much more money even though they had to like they have to pay a little bit more hourly of course than before um but they, yeah, they. I'm also get. I also get to pay for my own insurance now, which they don't have to pay, etc. And yeah, so yeah. I just thought that makes sense, and I thought we had kind of an agreement there. Uh, but it didn't actually happen. So <laughs> we just uh, the the contract is basically gone. We did not sign a new one. So right now it's basically just on a trust basis. So uh, they can just push over um, the work they want to, and I will just bill them hourly. Which is obviously for me not a great situation because it's not a safety net and the hourly rate is really low. So there is really no upside for me in continuing that for a longer time. 
uh, I, I actually told them and I told them like, hey, that also means like if I get another client who wants to book eight hours on Tuesday or Monday, Monday, I'm doing that. And like, they, you know, like we're not contractually bound to anything, so I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, yeah. they they obviously didn't really like that, but they, you know, like now they have to be fine with it <laughs> because there is no new contract in place. So, uh, yeah, not ideal. <laughs> so I yeah. planned for this to go uh, go differently. But on the upside, I did sign another contract uh, just this week, which was really great. It was with a bootstrap founder as well, uh, who got funding, and uh, I can, you know, I get to work on the product, and I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, so yeah, nice. one contract not going so well, other contract going really well, <laughs> and you and I will actually start Friday. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. lots of lots of new things happening this week. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. I mean, it sounds like I know it's I know you're a little disappointed with uh, like not having like that retainer where it's like a, a guarantee, yeah. like I'm going to have this. And I'm so I'm sure that feels that would have felt good to have that. But I don't know. On the flip side, it sounds like you are getting paid more for your other contracts. And Absolutely. Yeah, they're not necessarily guaranteed. But like so far up to this point, it seems like you've kind of proved that like you can get these contracts you can get these jobs and they they pay well and so i don't know it from at least looking from the outside it seems like you'll be able to you know find good work um and keep keep doing that um yeah so that's, no, that's that's, that's how i feel too it was more like a little bit disappointing because we kind of planned like both sides kind of planned for it to go differently than it than it did in the end and it's like eh, i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah, but yeah, yeah, you don't no, want to no. like leave on a bad foot or anything. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, I was planning for it to continue and now it really doesn't like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not, you know, worried about it. Actually, kind of cool to have that extra time maybe when they don't have like super much work to do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can just use that for my products now, which is kind of cool. <laughs> right, right. That's cool. Sweet. Um... Okay, I guess I can, if, if you're you're done with those, I can go into some updates. Um, yeah, go ahead. So, let's see. Lots of different stuff going on. I, I feel like the, the things, like the new features that I want to build keep kind of getting pushed down the road just because um, things that I need to fix or support. Um, there'll, there'll be times where like a support request could take me an hour or two hours just because like I'll actually like I'll I'll get it and um, there'll actually be something I needed to do or change and I and so I've been doing that so basically all that to say is I feel like that pushes me down the road and I, I end up it takes me longer to do things than I expect um, or, or get to some of the features like the the potion subdomains is one of the big things that I, I've been wanting to do and I've been thinking about this because actually, this is another thing that Mike Sable talked about in the podcast that was actually really good. Um, he was talking about he thinks Y Combinator is really good at telling entrepreneurs what fires they can ignore um, and that they don't need to put out. And and that's kind of what I'm doing is like, oh, this person needs this thing. They want it for their website. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do it for you, you know? And, and so kind of thinking through that, like, you know, actually these are kind of like little flyers. Maybe 
it would be better for me to just like not do them at all right now. Like, is that actually, basically think about, is this actually helping the overall product for everybody um, that's the best thing for me to do right now? And the answer is probably more so no than I've been been saying no. So I probably need to say no some more, basically. Let it all burn. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that's a really interesting idea though, too, because it's like, it's actually okay for parts of the product maybe to not be good or to not be all the way there because they're just not the most important thing. And and doing the most important thing is gonna have a bigger impact on the business. So I, I thought that was really interesting to think through. Um, and so that's what I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit now. Um, but that being said, I, I did start to make some progress on the potion subdomains and the first part of that is actually so to get a little bit technical with how the potion websites work um, right now basically every potion website is the same source code but then basically i just add a file that has well the only thing it really needs to have is the domain for currently the domain for their website and and that's how it's been for a little while the problem with that is whenever the user wants to change their domain that their um, that their website lives at, basically I just have to rebuild the whole website because that's how it's pulling all the data and everything needed, like the configuration needed for that website. And so basically this would be even a bigger problem with the Potion subdomains because it's like I'm putting them in a place where yes, they are going to be changing their domains because it's first going to be a Potion subdomain, then they're going to add their custom domain and change it and stuff. And so now, basically what I did this week, which took a little bit of reconfiguring, refactoring a little bit, is making basically that be the site ID. So each site has its own unique ID. Now that's basically all that's needed to be added to each website source code. And then with that, you know, I can grab the data for it. And if anything changes, you know, it doesn't matter. Like that, that's, that unique ID is going to be the same, um, even if the custom domain changes or whatever. Um, ah, got it. So yeah, then I'm not going to have to rebuild sites and things like that. Um, so yeah, I've been working on that. I'm kind of testing it out. Um, and... I'm almost done. The, the good thing with this is it's been kind of like the first thing I've gotten to test out on the staging environment <laughs> that, that I built for you. <laughs> and um, that was good that I did that because I realized there was a couple things that just weren't set up quite right <laughs> in the staging environment. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was really good that I, I went through all that and actually like basically went through the whole process of building sites and doing everything on the staging environment. Um, so now I could fix some of those things. Um, so it should actually be ready now. Cool. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I've been kind of working with that and, and kind of after this step, the next thing is to actually do the, the uh, potion subdomains, which really shouldn't be that much. I, I, I did some uh, really nifty uh, designs and drawings about the potions <laughs> subdomains. Uh, the listeners couldn't see that, but basically uh, that was just like a crayon uh, that I, this is actually like a, a th- very thick crayon. This is my daughter's like kid's crayon. And I used this to make my, draw my designs on a notebook. Very professional. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like it though, because, um, Actually, I think this is Basecamp 
talks about designing this way where you really do like very kind of simple dumbed down fat finger designs they call them like with a fat marker because then you you can leave like the implementation details to someone else like later when you're actually doing it and it's just really just yeah, kind of yeah. freaking ideas i like it it was, it was kind of fun uh, coloring with yeah, it's my, a good way <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, so other than that, kind of one of the cool things that happened this last week was I had a customer um, who basically they, they created their Potion website. They've been working on it in the last week or two, and they've asked me some questions and stuff, and I've helped them out a bit. But what was really cool is they, they finished it, and then they kind of launched it on Reddit. And they, it's called, their website's called don'tjustbuild.com. And it's kind of like this resource for founders um, building businesses, which is really cool. And he posted it on a subreddit and it got like 200 upvotes there. And then he posted it in the Notion subreddit and it got like over 350 <laughs> upvotes there. And he just he just mentioned that he built the website with Potion. And um, yeah, I got cool. a, a decent... Yeah, it was like, oh, this is like the best marketing I could yep. I could get. Like, I don't, I'm not even doing it, and it's coming from someone else, which is I feel like that's more valuable than coming from me. Like someone else saying, well, "Look at this cool thing I built with Potion." Yeah. Um, so I got quite a few signups from that, and um, yeah, that was really cool. So I was like, hmm, this is this is a good idea. Maybe I don't know how I can uh, how I can push something like this to happen more, or just maybe it's just gonna be. A, serendipity organic kind of thing that I can't really can't really uh do much about but whenever it happens it's good yep yeah and it also has like the benefit of you're not promoting your own stuff on reddit which might get removed so that's yeah pretty great oh yeah very true because like especially on the notion subreddit you're not allowed to basically promote any paid products so I've never yeah, yeah. promoted potion on there um but he you know he since he wasn't me and his website, you know, it's just a free resource. He basically could promote it on there and, but it's kind of also promoting potion a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe what the takeaway is that now I should, uh, have multiple aliases where I'm, I'm just a, a potion customer and, uh, I can just <laughs> post things as a different person i'm not um, sure if that's really the takeaway here but uh <laughs> yeah yeah probably not a good idea <laughs> yeah anyways that was that was pretty much my week it's yeah it was a good week and um i'm looking forward to kind of the new things that we're working on for potion and i'm excited to to get you working on things um in the next yep. day or so so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun yep yep cool all right well is that a wrap that's a wrap all right thank you listeners um for staying with us this long and um yeah we'll have all some of those links that we talked about in the show notes and yeah feel free to leave us a question and otherwise we'll talk to you in another episode See you next week. Bye.